stride a Highland sausage. In a moment, Radioactive will be presenting a nuclear debate. It will be discussing the potential horrors of nuclear war and looking at the devastating effect such a war might have. But before we consider these scenes of mass human suffering and the possible termination of the human race, here's a commercial break. Commercial time. Morning, darling. Good Lord, zinc amalgamated has gone down 15p. Coffee, darling? Klaxo's up 14. John, can you just put the paper down for a moment and answer my question? Oh, Allied, Allied Holdings are remaining safe. John, I've had enough. I want a divorce. Sorry, what's that, darling? Oh, give me that paper. I'm fed up with you ignoring me every morning, just sitting there reading the bloody Financial Times. I want a divorce. Well, haven't you got anything to say? Uh, no FT, no comment. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Welcome to Radioactive's Mass Debate, uh, coming live from the Radioactive Foyer. This week, concentrating on the burning question, are nuclear wars a good thing or what? <laughs> Last night, as a forerunner to today's debate, uh, we broadcast a radio version of Threads, the chilling dramatisation of what would happen if a nuclear bomb dropped on Britain. Its effect on the Radioactive listeners was tremendous, and the phones have been ringing ever since. Mr. Tobin of Stevenage said he found it deeply disturbing. In particular, he found the performance of Richard Stevens as the old man especially bad. <laughs> Mr. Stephen Cordingly said he enjoyed it a lot, but why did it have such a sad ending? <laughs> Sandra Ashcroft of Little Tewkesbury found it most entertaining. And added, Could you please tell me what the signature tune was? <laughs> Dr. Bernard Plumpton said he found it extremely authentic, but surely it should be none of them is edible and not none of them are edible. <laughs> uh, so obviously the point got home pretty forcefully with the radioactive listeners. Uh, and of course, we've been joined here in the foyer by an audience of our listeners who've come to keenly follow this extremely important and vital debate. Uh, let me just get an initial indication of where they stand. Uh, who here is in favour of all-out nuclear war and the destruction of the Earth as we know it? Okay, well, they seem fairly opposed to that idea at the minute. But, uh, and of course, there's still a long way to go in the debate. Some people arguing incisively, they may agree, but probably they're all behaved divisively. But in the end, you weigh it up and then respond decisively by coming down on one side or by shouting out derisively. Nuclear debate? Yes, please. <laughs> well, uh, let's kick off by asking the first of our panel of invited guests, the very Reverend John Whitfield, Archdeacon of Uckfield. Uh, does the possibility of nuclear war act as a deterrent? Well, you know, I remember when my wife, Francoise, first asked me this question. She made the mistake of asking if I thought the threat of nuclear war acted as a detergent. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it doesn't alter the fact that we cannot overestimate the importance of finding an answer to the question. What was it again? <laughs> yes, well, that's fairly incisive. Thank you, Archdeacon. Uh, Douglas Polting, a Conservative MP for Frognall. There are over 150 nuclear warheads in the British Isles. Is it likely to no, think I'm that... No, I'm sorry, this is simply not true. There are nowhere near 150 nuclear warheads in Britain. Uh, but it does state in the Ministry of Defence document issued by you last year that there are 154, to be precise, nuclear warheads based on British soil. Oh, yes. No, you're absolutely right. Yes, I do apologise. Yes, 154, yes. <laughs> Well, surely doesn't that strike you as being a rather frightening prospect? Does seem rather a lot, yes. <laughs> 154 tiny island-like ours. Hmm. 
Mm. Oh, good. Well, let's keep the uh, let's keep the debate raging, shall we? And uh, bring in General Anthony Corpse of Her Majesty's Royal Straitjackets. Um, General, what is the argument for nuclear weapons? You see, you've got to make sure you strike first, otherwise they win. That's the thing. And you've got to make quite sure Jerry knows exactly what he's up against. <laughs> Hit him with a long-range artillery, then send in the Scottish boys. Uh, General, uh, <laughs> are we discussing the nuclear arms race with Russia, are we not? Yes, absolutely. Good. Absolutely crucial to make sure you hit the Bosch with all your guts. <laughs> then let the RAF finish him off. Well, what better moment to bring in spokesperson for CND and active pacifist Joan Tilly. You fascist bastard. Oh! oh. Uh, while the uh, general receives medical attention, um, <laughs> how long have you been a pacifist, Joan? Oh, three or four years now. God, Shut up! Oh, God. Uh, uh, so, even in the unlikely event of Russia actually invading our country... No you... force, no violence, reconciliation through peaceful means. <clears throat> yes, well... While we just uh, rebuild the studio, then let me uh, find out from our studio audience, uh, in the light of Joan's argument, who here is now in favour of all-out nuclear war and the destruction of the Earth as we know it? Mm -hmm. So a few people swayed in favour there, but uh, still early days, of course. Let's turn now to uh, Conservative Minister Douglas Poulting, MP for Frognal. What do you actually no, think... No, I do wish you would get your facts straight. I am not MP for Frognal. It has never been my constituency, and I'd never even heard of the place before today. But you've been MP for Frognal for the last 20 years, Mr. Polting. Yes, I, I am sorry, yes. <laughs> you are, of course, completely right. It is Frognal. Yes, I was quite wrong. Sorry. Uh, good. Well, let's uh, quickly turn again to our studio audience, shall we, here in the radioactive foyer, and ask them, do you think nuclear weapons are necessary for the defence of this country? Uh, now, the gentleman with his hand up. Uh, is there a toilet? <laughs> uh, yes, just through these swing doors there. Thank you. Uh, OK, lady in the fur coat. Uh, what I was going to say was, how do we know that these nuclear missile things really work? I mean, uh, well, why don't we test one or two of them out on Russia now? Just to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, presumably because it would lead to an all-out nuclear war. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Is that all you wanted to ask? Uh, could I make a quick dedication? What? <laughs> to Nicola and Timmy and Ronnie Wilcox and I hope the rash has cleared up. Well, you're listening to Radioactive Debate on uh, Nuclear Weaponry, the only nuclear debate, to my knowledge, to do requests. Radioactive Nuclear Debate. Thank you very much. Well, and uh, thank you very much indeed, uh, Martin Brown there. Anyway, let's take a look at uh, how a nuclear attack on London would affect the rest of Britain. And for that, we go over to Dick Barnes. Thank you, Mike. Well, as you would expect, central London will get the worst of it. Total obliteration there with a raging inferno. Out in the home counties, well, you can expect some pretty high temperatures. <laughs> Somewhere in the eight or 900 degrees centigrade, I'd say. <laughs> with the prospect of some internal combustion and third-degree burns. Uh, turning now to the regional charts, uh, further out still, up in the Midlands, East Anglia, South Coast, and most of the West Country, wintry conditions for some 20 or 30 years, with the sun rays unable, really, to penetrate the nuclear cloud at all. So wrap up well, won't you? <laughs> That's all from me. Have a nice weekend.
Great. Well, thanks very much, Dick Barnes. Uh, welcome back. If I could turn now to the Archdeacon, whose controversial views got the show off to such a rollicking start. Uh, if we were to get rid of these missiles, should we opt for unilateral or multilateral disarmament? I remember when my first wife, Marie-Hélène, first heard the expression <laughs> nuclear disarmament, she thought it was a slogan for a type of mint called desarma, urging her to try a new clear desarma mint. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's plainly stupid. Uh, <laughs> as indeed she was, as I recall. Very uh, yes, but the question of unilateral or multilateral disarmament, Archdeacon. Well, as it says, I think, in uh, Matthew's Gospel, um, there is no point in taking sides if all it leads to is the eradication of the proletariat. Yes, I think you'll find it's Marx, in fact. <laughs> it's certainly one of the Gospels, yes. A lot of astute political thought coming out of the discussion so far. Uh, let's uh, bring in some overseas opinions. Firstly, on the line from Cleveland, Ohio, uh, Secretary for Defense in Washington for the past four years, a government spokesman on nuclear strategy, uh, twice before nominated as Statesman of the Year and Best Technical Advisor, last year's Best Dressed Government Secretary, voted this year's sexiest civil servant. Will you welcome Sam Heppard? Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Heppard, welcome. Hi, Mike. How's the weather? Uh, fine. You know, I came over to England this time last year, and I must tell you, I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Have you ever been to a little village called Nether Crowsley up in Gloucestershire? There's a little guest house uh, there Yes, Mr. Hubbard, I think we're straying a little far from the nuclear debate here. Ah, uh, of course, yes. Uh, there are many who fear that America is using Europe as a battleground. How true is this? Let me just say this, Mike. There is no danger whatsoever that there will be a nuclear war in America. The existence of cruise missiles on European soil... I'm sorry, uh, this is the speech I'm supposed to be giving Congress. Uh, ah, here we go. <clears throat> Thank you. Let me first just say this, Mike. There is no danger whatsoever that there will be a nuclear war in Europe. Yeah, that's better. The existence of cruise missiles on European soil in no way means that Europe is a battleground for the United States. Yeah, this is the one. Yeah. Well, welcome back to the nuclear debate. Uh, General, if I could just throw this at you. Oh, well held. <laughs> well, it's uh, time now to take some questions from the audience. Uh, who's got a question? Uh, yes, the gentleman at the back. Uh, no, the man to your right. Yes, you, sir, with a fish. Uh, would, you, would you put your question to the panel? What the panel talks was a thermonuclear debate between American or Russian which is targeted on the British age and which is aimed at major contributions would, would adversely affect the parts of the British age which lay inside the center of the different wind plants for a stamp filler. I see. Well, uh, panel, what do you have to say about that? Uh, Archdeacon, would you like to answer first? Um... I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch the question. Uh, well, I think what the question is asking is this. Uh, with the panel tell us whether in the fight American and Russian was a target on the British Isles and which it aimed at the major contribution, whether it was adversely put those parts of the British Isles which lie outside the centre of the empire, which blows for it or spill it. Uh, no. <laughs> straight answer to a straight question, thanks very much. Uh, who's got another question for the panel? Yes, uh, the lady in the third row wearing the bobble hat. Uh, what would you like to ask? I'd like to ask the minister, in the event of a nuclear war, and assuming that he'd survived and was living in a fallout shelter for an unspecified period of time, which eight gramophone records... 
Uh, I'm sorry, uh, can I ask you if you have any questions more relevant to the nuclear debate? Uh, All right. Uh, What is the most likely scenario for a nuclear war? What is the most likely scenario for a nuclear war? Let's bring in you first, Sam Heppard. Hi, Mike. Uh, Hello, Mr. Heppard. Do you know a pub in Nether Crowsley called the Crooked Billet? Your likely scenario for a nuclear war? Uh, well, Mike, uh, most White House experts expect it to start from a flare-up in the Middle East, possibly between Israel and Iran, which then drags in the superpowers. Mm, thank you. General? Absolute rubbish. It'll start just like the last one, with Chamberlain promising peace in our time, <laughs> Mother Bosch marching up Poland. Mm. Uh, Archdeacon? Uh, well, I'm not a military expert, you know. Really? I had no idea. <laughs> but I wouldn't be at all surprised if it started with an argument in a tea shop in Kent. <laughs> All right, uh, lady who asked the question, what do you think? Well, I quite like the tea shop in Kent. <laughs> what with the others? Uh, the Middle East confrontation, dragging in the superpowers? No, I don't think so. I think I'll have to go for the misguided policy of appeasement followed by the Germans' invasion of Poland. OK, you go for that. Uh, General, that means you win yourself a radioactive T-shirt. Thank you very much. <laughs> we go on to the next round. <laughs> And I'm delighted to be joined by uh, top civil servant Sir Anthony Poltrop, who's only just arrived. Yes, sorry, it was the traffic. Bad? Uh, no, excellent. It only took me five minutes to get here. Good. <laughs> uh, well, you're, uh, <clears throat> you're from the Ministry of Keeping Everything Nice and Happy. Yes, uh, we at the Ministry have produced an entertaining but informative little soap opera showing how things are likely to be and how we expect it to be pretty much like the last war with everybody pulling together in the face of adversity. And, well, I believe you're going to play it for us now. Yes, indeed. Sorry. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-seven, and Britain stands alone. But you can bet your last threepenny bit that we won't be downhearted just because old Ivan's dropped a few little nuclear bombs on good old Blighty. Oh, morning, Mrs. G. Oh, morning, Posty. Anything today? <laughs> I'm afraid not, Mrs. G. Funny old weather, eh? Yesterday it was so sultry. Must have been that nuclear bomb, if you ask me. I mean, just after it dropped, we had a real scorcher, didn't we? And the bank holiday over? Yeah. Still mustn't grumble. Keep your chin up. Morning, Uncle Charlie. I'll tell you one good thing about this bomb, Mrs. G. Yes? Got rid of my bunions. <laughs> Got rid of my legs. Oh. So, mustn't grumble, then. No, look on the bright side. Ooh, I hear round the corner copped it last night. The Bellamy's? No, Wales. Completely flat. <laughs> Best be on me way. Still got the second delivery to do. Keep your pecker up. Yeah. Oi! Keep that noise down. Don't you know there's a war on? Soldiers and priests, political candidates. We got them all on our mass debate. Uh, welcome back to the mass, de- uh, mass debating session. Um... <laughs> Back to the debate. Uh, if I could just suggest one area where we're all generally agreed, uh, none of us actually want to live through a war, do we? You can't but, say that. Can't? You can't say you wouldn't want to live through a war if you haven't actually lived through one. Well, I think it's pretty obvious that. Did you the... live through the last world war? Well, I don't think that's really relevant, is yes. it? Yes. Did you live through the last world war? Well, I'm only 35. Well, don't try and fool me with statistics. Did you live through the last world war? <laughs> no. Well, then how do you know you wouldn't want to live through one then? Well, I just don't want to be bombed. 
Have you ever been bombed? Well, that's not the point. Have you ever been bombed? No, but... But how do you know you don't want to be, then? Well, obviously... You I might quite the... like it. A lot of chaps in the last war quite took to it. So they gave them a chance to find out just what sort of stuff they were made of. Look, I know... Just what sort of stuff they were made of. It's the sort of stuff I don't want to see redistributed halfway round Dorset. Do you know Dorset? No. Yes, I do. Which parts of Dorset? Look, General, this is the most pointless argument I've ever had. How do you know? Because it is. Why? Well, let's move on. No, let's not. Let's take a break. Have you ever taken a break? Now it's time for Radioactive's Out now in monthly installments, The Elite, a serialized documentation of those specially trained soldiers who are extremely good at killing people. They killed the Iranians at the embassy siege. They killed the hijackers at Karachi airport. And they killed more untrained teenage Argentinian soldiers at Port Stanley than any other crack paramilitary troop. The Elite, in eight weekly installments, shows you what sort of people they are, what sort of people they kill, how they go about killing them, and what they look like once they're dead. The Elite, a must for all psychopaths. Hello, Mary. Hello, June. How are things? Oh, I'm so depressed, June. Time of the month, Mary. Uh, it's about the 23rd, why? <laughs> Is it your time of the month? Oh, no. No, I'm just so worried about the threat of nuclear war and the potential destruction of life as we know it on this planet. Oh, that old thing. Yes. <laughs> well, what you need is new pick-me-up tonic. New pick-me-up tonic? Yes. Unlike most antidepressants, new pick-me-up has a specially medicated formula which allays your suspicions of a nuclear attack on Britain and helps you welcome the possible harrowing aftermath of a nuclear winter. How does it do that, June? Easy. It's 100% pure alcohol. <laughs> In September 1998, Mikhail Gorbachev was woken up by a strange noise. Lenin. During the night, a cruise missile had accidentally blown up his country. <laughs> That's when Mikhail gave us a call. A commercial assurance. <laughs> Within days, we delivered a brand new country. New Red Square, new salt mines, new political prisoners. And a lovely new house for Mikhail. Ah, fantastic! <laughs> commercial assurance. We won't make a drama. Out of a Holocaust. Welcome back to the radioactive mass discussion. Archdeacon, <laughs> how justified do you think the suspicion of Soviet intention is? Well, you know, the mutual and uh, conciliatory detente leading to new. Look, this, I'm afraid, has absolutely nothing to do with the discussion. What's that? Sunday football. <laughs> the discussion. Nothing? That's my point. It's an entirely different ball game. What is? Rugger. Yes, uh, General, you've been talking a lot about the Russian threat. Yes. Well, shut up. Let someone else have a say. Oh, Mr. Just get a word in edgewise. Yes, certainly. Thank you. Uh, not at all. If I could just finish the point I'm about to start, I 
think it's important to talk about the precise nature of the bomb that's going to be dropped. Archdeacon? <laughs> uh, that wasn't me. Gentlemen. <laughs> uh, what does it matter what sort of bomb is going to be dropped? Because when it's dropped, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Oh, my God, we're all going to die. I think you're being a little emotional about this. Of course we're being emotional. We're all going to die. Well, I don't think there's any reason to interrupt the general. Carry on, general. Right. As a soldier, let me say that when the bomb drops, and I mean when the bomb drops... There'll be nothing to worry about. I'm sorry, this is quite the most ridiculous Absolutely, argument. Absolutely, there'll be nothing to worry about. Will you please let me finish? All right, I've finished. <laughs> well, we seem to have reached some sort of conclusion, uh, in the sense of an end, at least. So uh, let's join Mike Flex. Mike. Well, uh, naturally, the nuclear bomb is going to affect all aspects of contemporary life. And here at Radioactive, we are, of course, particularly concerned with its effect on the music scene and the charts. <laughs> now, obviously... The charts won't be coming out every week. But Melody Maker Hub said that they hope to continue with a monthly chart based on what people are humming in the street and what they're looting from the shops. Possibly heavy rock will come back with people finding a lot of heavy rocks about the place and starting to bang them together. Also, it'll probably mean an end to the video boom with the emphasis returning to live gigs although it's unlikely that large crowds will turn out just to see a group of people banging a lot of rocks together. Unless they're fans of Wham. In which case, seeing a lot of people banging rocks together will be a distinct improvement on what they normally see. Well, right now, it's a chance for us to hear some music from a band whose song, Two Tribes, dramatically showed that they didn't believe in superpower confrontation, the arms race, or playing on their own records. It's Frankie Goes to the Bank. Can I like to sing about Frankie Goes to the Bank, please? When you hear this sound, you are being ripped off. Frankie T-shirt, do not go outside your home. Stay indoors, keeping the windows firmly shut. If you are caught in the open wearing one, start a nuclear war. Discover a relative of yours is a Frankie fan. Put them in a polythene bag and leave them outside your home. <laughs> we are living in a world where Indiana Jones and E.T. are the new gods. Let's go. Yeah. 
Is it all right if we go now? Yeah, you're not playing on it anyway. It's all machines. <laughs> See you later. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> When another Frankie single is expected, you will hear this sound. Make yourself a mug of cocoa. Just make yourself a cup of cocoa. Just relax and concentrate. Just relax and concentrate. With a nice Radioactive nuclear debate. Well, we're uh, just about coming to the end of the debate. General? Yes? Discussion. What? Oh, I'm sorry, I was reading my notes. General discussion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who would like to start? General? Yes? Uh, would you like to start a general discussion? No. Look, oh. we're at the end of the debate, and surely the most important point hasn't been mentioned yet. What's that? Oh, I don't know, it hasn't been mentioned yet. <laughs> Archdeacon, have you anything to add? Yes, well, if I might make a personal observation... Yes? I think the General's got a nasty spot on the side of his nose. Uh, thank you. Well, uh, David Owen, uh, former Foreign Secretary under the Labour government and head of the SDP, is on the phone now, uh, so we'll have to wait until he's finished before we can get through to him. So, uh, Simon Ford. Yes? Uh, you're a magician and an illusionist, and I think, consequently, in the wrong studio. Thank you very much. <laughs> turn back to Joan... I think we've reached the point where we should look at life on Earth. It's a marvellous television series, and I think it would be a jolly good way of winding down after the programme. Uh, well, we'll see what we can do, Joan. Uh, Sam Heppard. Hi, Mike. Oh, <laughs> there was this barmaid in the crooked village who, for ten dollars, would walk all over your back in high heels, and for twenty dollars. Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Heppard. Right. Well, I think we've reached the point where I'm going to have to uh, ask you for a show of hands. Uh, yes, I didn't actually mean shadow puppets, but thank you very much for <laughs> the impressive rabbits, General. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Have said, and at the end of the discussion, 85% of our audience are now in favour of all out nuclear war and the mass destruction of the Earth as we know it. Uh, so that's what the radioactive audience thinks. The remaining 15% are apparently divided between those who are against nuclear war and those who believe that £58 is far too much for a television license. <laughs> so there we have it. It's good night from me, and many thanks to our guests for a spirited and at times heated debate. And I know we could have gone on talking all night. No, we couldn't. Well, I've got anything else to say. Thought we'd finish. Oh, could you just carry on talking while we fade the signature tuner? Why? Well, because they always do it on discussion programs. <laughs> um, my sprouts came up early this year. I'm going to go to Turkey for my holidays this summer. Really? Uh, yes. I, I can keep a piece of paper stuck to my nose just by using suction, you know? <laughs> there it What was the address of this crooked billet pub then? Where's that American? Radioactive was performed by Helen Atkinson Wood, Angus Deaton, Geoffrey Perkins, Philip Pope and Michael Fenton Stevens. Music was by Philip Pope, Angus Deaton and Richard Curtis. And the programme was written by Angus Deaton and Geoffrey Perkins. With additional material by John Cantor, Richard Curtis and Jeremy Pascoe. And the producer was Jamie Ricks. If you would like to take part in this or any future radioactive debate, please write, including a self-addressed envelope, addressed to yourself, <laughs> your street, your town, Yorkshire.
And now on Radio 4, a new program for handicapped listeners. Who's taken my sugar? <laughs> it was here a minute ago. Somebody has just taken it. Without even...